Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rain of Troy Radio, episode 468, coming to you on Monday, December 12th, to talk about USC winning their eighth Heisman Trophy, a record eighth Heisman Trophy. It is Caleb Williams, USC's quarterback, of course, wins the Heisman Trophy, beating out Max Duggan, C.J. Stroud, and Stetson Bennett. We're going to talk about that and so much more here on this episode. As always, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook at Reign of Troy. You can subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Our email address is Troy at fansided.com. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, joined along with my co-host here in the Raynator Studio in Los Angeles, Elisa Dertel. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, we probably should continue to give our Twitter handles. It's I, I need to in the intro. I need to like include them. I just never know how to include them. So you're at Penguin of Troy if you've never been on Twitter before. Yeah, and you are at Michael Cast FS yeah, if you've never right. been on Twitter before. Yeah. Which at this point, like I, I think you 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 probably would have been on Twitter before. Well, I mean, not everyone has been on Twitter. Mm, this is true. We'll see. Anyway, so we're back. Uh, welcome everybody live watching us here on the YouTube's. Uh, we welcome you as always, and uh, it is always a pleasure uh, to to have you. Uh, be sure to like the stream, uh, comment, subscribe, all of that fun stuff. Help us grow the show and uh and so much more big shout out to everybody in the chat hector eric uh Rama murdy kenny uh sj tim bunch of people um and we're excited to uh to be back here on a monday where we have to talk about a heisman trophy winner at usc caleb williams imagine that who'd have thunk yeah i i think about it like could you imagine if you were told last thanksgiving last thanksgiving which is which is blr before lincoln riley right like, 
like you know there's bce and bc all those things blr last thanksgiving blr and someone told you hey so like in a year in two weeks caleb williams is going to win usc their eighth heisman well like what would have gone through your mind you'd have been like first of all he's at oklahoma what the hell are you talking about (laughs) Like, are you crazy? Also, how is he going to win the Heisman on a team? This team is like, at this point, four and seven. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. are you telling me that Graham Harrell is going to lead Caleb Williams to the Heisman? I've been a little bit shook. Uh, but, you know, it's, it is one of those things that when USC goes out and makes a, makes a big move, when you make the Lincoln-Riley move, you make these things possible. You and I joked during the show and we've we've joked many times before that like one of the most annoying things is when like five star guys talk about how like they would have never believed that they would be right. you know there and you know we heard it with um CJ Stroud. Stroud this yeah. year we heard it with Bryce Young last year uh, all the doubters and blah 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 for these guys who were crowned the next great thing when they from, were 13 from when they were 13 yeah Caleb Williams is one of those guys who was crowned who was the next great thing it, it wouldn't have been a surprise that Caleb Williams had won the Heisman. If you had told me that Caleb Williams had won the Heisman in 2023, mm-hmm. I would have said, oh, yeah, that, that sounds about right. It's that he said fight on at the end of his Heisman speech. That's really <laughs> the, the, the surprise. And, uh, and there, right. was a, there was a photo circulating of, uh, of Lincoln and Caleb standing behind the Heisman uh, trophy doing the, the, the fight on. And it just like that's the bit that's surprising. Yeah. But when you go out and hire a head coach, who is legitimately very good at his job, who um, at this point is a Heisman guru, uh, then yes, this is this is what you bring to the table. I will say that I did not expect Caleb Williams to come in in year one and look this good based on what we saw from him as a freshman. As a freshman at Oklahoma, he looked very promising, but also there was a lot of talk of, you know, he's not the finished article. He still has a long way to go. I thought we'd see a little bit of growing pains from him. And instead what we saw was arguably the most impressive season of play from a quarterback in USC history. And I think that we need to start having that conversation about where this season and where Caleb Williams sits in the annals of USC history. Yeah. A couple of things there. You said Lincoln Riley, a a Heisman trophy. What was your guru guru? Yeah. Six years as a head coach, Lincoln Riley has had. He has coached the Heisman Trophy winner in half of them. Yeah, it's wild. That's that's insane. Now, obviously, it helps that he was Oklahoma's offensive coordinator before uh, Bob Stoops stepped down and, and gave him a great position to start from. Lincoln Riley had a hell of a position to start from at, at Oklahoma compared to where he started at SC, right? Completely different. But, yeah, he inherits you know, talent, but he, he was a big part in why Baker Mayfield was Baker Mayfield. Someone who was a transfer uh, originally, what a walk on at Texas tech, I believe Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield was. Yeah. It was uh, a walk on that transferred to Oklahoma. And yeah. Then... And now he's playing for the God awful rant. So like, <laughs> you know, you look at what Lincoln Riley has done and it's incredible what he did with Baker Mayfield, terrible with the Browns, the Panthers, but great with Lincoln Riley at the Sooners, you know, of course. Uh, and then 2018, he wins it with Kyler Murray 2019, he makes a run at it again with another transfer quarterback, Jalen Hurts. That's the thing is like the years that he hasn't had the Heisman winner, 
it's it's not that he had a quarterback who sucked. Like Jalen Hurts was immense that yeah. season. Jalen Hurts was um really special and he just didn't win the Heisman. Who won the Heisman in 2019? Uh 2019 the Heisman winner was Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow okay, isn't gonna so, beat anybody. Yeah, so there you go. Jalen Hurts doesn't win the Heisman because no Jalen one Hurts else was second, by the way. No one else was gonna win the Heisman that year. So really the only quarterback that he didn't get Heisman level production out of was Spencer Rattler and he got 3000 yards and 28 touchdowns out of Spencer Rattler so the, the crazy thing is freshman we all thought Spencer Rattler was bad right yeah. like because because Lincoln Riley has earned the benefit of the doubt with his quarterbacks uh and then Spencer Rattler this year like blossoms into like a great quarterback that suddenly is a top 10 slayer uh taken down uh, who do they take down? Clemson and uh, Tennessee. So, um, yeah, like, look, look at the guys he, he's brought in. So many of them have been transfers. And Kyler Murray won in year one as a, as a starter. Obviously, he was a backup to Baker Mayfield, and he's had more experience that way. Uh, Caleb Williams, he, this doesn't count as year one, right? This is year two for him. Right? This is year two for Caleb Williams because under it's the in the same system of Lincoln Riley. Yes. Yeah, it's in but the same system. It's like let's say year one and a half though, because sure. um, because it, he is under the tutelage of Lincoln Riley. But like, let's also not he didn't downplay. He, he, he wasn't the starter at the beginning of last year. He had to unseat Spencer. He Radler had to unseat. Yes, he had to unseat Spencer Radler. So we only had half a year as a starter at OU. Yeah, comes to USC and yeah, he's got a whole new squad of of receivers to to deal with and whole new team to lead so it's not i mean let's let's go year 1.5 for caleb williams and as we said this team is ahead of schedule and they're ahead of schedule honestly because caleb williams was ahead of schedule like Mm -hmm. um the level that he performed was just like just beyond anything that that you could have that you could have hoped for yeah i i think that when you when you look at everything lincoln rally has done in a lot of ways um mayfield uh, Murray, Hertz, uh, Williams, a lot of them, he's gotten the same exact production, um, save for a, a little discrepancy and maybe some like passer rating stuff like Baker Mayfield and, um, and Kyler and Hertz had much better passer rating than, than Caleb Williams does, but Caleb Williams did just as much with, with his legs as those guys, Ma- also- maybe not as much as Kyler, but, um, you know, all of them, he, Lincoln Riley gets the most out of those dudes. And you look at Caleb, Caleb Williams in of itself, you know, you talked about where he fits in the pantheon of USC quarterbacks and players. Uh, we, we've alluded to it all year. He's the best USC quarterback that has ever lived at this point. Like that. I don't, I don't think we can, we can sugarcoat it anymore. Like he's won the Heisman. So like we, he's at, we can talk about him and not feel, you know, like, like we can't say say that because you know Matt Leinart and Carson Palmer won the Heisman, but like it's definitive now. Like you you can't not you can't not believe that. And if you don't like, I, I'm I'm sorry. Like wa- watch Caleb Williams like more. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he's got the arm strength of, of Carson Palmer. Um, he's got the uh, efficiency of, of Matt Leinart, and he's got the athleticism of like. Uh, two Rodney Peets. He's got the the flair of Sam Darnold. Yeah. Um, it, it's 
to me, it's not close and it's not really a fair comparison because Caleb Williams is the modern quarterback. Yes, where, exactly. You know, like Carson, which, which was always going to be unfair to the older guys. Well, but also the older, like Carson Palmer and Matt Leinart were the modern quarterback relative to you know the to, Pat to Haydens the and, yeah. and the and the and and the the Rodney Peets of the world too. Um, so it it was just one of those things, but like what Caleb Williams is is so far beyond what any of those other guys were capable of because he is a the modern quarterback and because he lives exists in the in the modern um college football offense but i think the thing that sets Caleb apart too in this season is how much of of it was just him being special mm-hmm. where you know the knock on Leonard is is always that you know he had a really strong team around him and I think that the reason that maybe we put Carson Palmer ahead of Leinart in terms of like best, if we're defining best as the most talented uh, or, or, you know, the, the like number one, as opposed to like legacy or achievement um, is it, it like, there was a sense that those teams were built to succeed. Right. And I think this offense to a point was built to succeed the offensive line. When you have Andrew Voorhees, and Brett Nealon and Justin Dietrich in there, like the the offensive line performing the way that they were, the receivers that you have, yes, the offense certainly built for achievement. But the way that that Caleb had to navigate this entire season, where and he only had he had one game where he was the liability, that Oregon State game where he went out and won the game. By the way, so it's not like I'm even yeah. gonna like right. I'm not even gonna knock him for that. He was absolutely terrible for 99 percent of that game, but the one. The, the the one minute at the, the end driving needed to be great he, he, he was he absolutely was. great yeah. so you know even even that game isn't that much of a knock on Caleb Williams um the 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 dynamism that he shows I think it's why he won the the Heisman this year over other worthy candidates and why I'm very willing to put him at the top of the the quarterback pantheon if we're talking best He's still got to go out and win a national title in order to unseat someone like Matt Leinart mm-hmm. uh, in terms of greatest. Carson Palmer didn't win a national title. Yeah, but I always, if you ask me who the greatest USC quarterback was, I always would say Matt Leinart because of sheer achievement. Sure. And the scary thing about Caleb Williams is like he has that path in front of him. Mm-hmm. He can't do it alone, obviously. But when you look at, at what USC wants to do in 2023, what Caleb Williams wants to do in 2023, um, he got USC to 11-2 and this year. Yeah. I'm not going exactly. to write him off. If the team gets better around him, which I expect them to do in 2023, then I'm not going to write off those chances. So. so we got a question from SJ in the chat. It says, as great as Caleb was this year, don't you feel after watching his games, he is not close to his ceiling? A scary thought indeed. I, I agree with this. Like yeah. I, I think that the especially when it comes to some of the mobility stuff, Caleb Williams in the last three games went to a completely different level in terms of how he was as a runner, which just added to the scariness of how he was as a passer. Um, because for most of the year he was sort of that you know, I don't. I don't want to say just the pocket quarterback because I think that that's that's you know uh, reductive to, to, it, yeah. to how good he is um, as, as a scrambler and throwing on the run and, and all those things, which was you know the peak of his game. But 
um, you you saw a big run against Utah, right? Uh, it was a fifty-five yarder he had against Utah, but I think it was the the sheer like um, make you miss kind of stuff that he was that he showed down the stretch, which won him the Heisman. Um, and he just got better as the year progressed. Surely, um, I think that you go back to the Washington State game, and if he plays the way he did against Notre Dame against Washington State, that game SC wins like by forty. Um, and yeah. we talked about before, like that was the best defensive performance was against mm-hmm. Washington State, um, and a game that SC really dominated. However, if you go back and watch that game, they sputtered on offense to the point where they left Washington State in the game. And so, yeah, I think Caleb Williams can absolutely improve next year, which I think gives him a chance to repeat. But of course, we know that nobody repeats as a Heisman Trophy winner, and I surely would not bet on him to win. And that's not a knock on him. That's just a reality of the situation. He's going to be competing against himself. He's going to have to literally duplicate, if not better, all of his production numbers. Which is going to be hard. the The interception stuff, like, I I would I would bet good money that he throws uh-huh. more interceptions yeah. next year just by default, yeah. right? Like, yeah. um, the the or, or fumbles at, at some points. But you more know what? More than the last play of the season. You know what I mean? You know what's scary though? Like, I could see him scoring more touchdowns though. No, absolutely. I think he could score more touchdowns, but have more turnovers, right? Yeah, like, more touchdowns. So. Just really quickly, though, like I, I think that, you know, yes, bettering his stats this year would certainly go a long way. But it's to me, it's really just about matching them because yeah. the hard part about winning the Heisman the second time and Bryce Young found this out with Alabama this year. Um, and I, I've said this on Twitter. If Bryce Young and Alabama were in the college football playoff this year, the Heisman conversation would have been very different. If Alabama didn't have two losses this year, there would have been a legitimate conversation between Caleb and Bryce Young. Bryce Young gets eliminated essentially because of the performance of Alabama as a team. And so yeah, t- terrible Alabama who finishes yeah, fifth in the in the rankings. Ten, ten and two, two losses. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone else would have well, taken. but that's the thing is if you want to repeat as a Heisman winner, you need to be you need to right. check both of the boxes. You need to have the production and mm-hmm. you need to have your team. You need to have the Stetson Bennett uh, uh resume and the um and the 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 Bryce Young or you know Hendon Hooker the or, those I mean that's uh, <laughs> that's the truth of it though so it, it, I think a lot of Caleb Williams's Heisman repeat potential does depend on USC because he well, only repeats if he is a Pac-12 champion he only repeats if he is undefeated to me uh and number one in the country kind of level well you you look at Tebow and and as you know as a as a fan when I was eighteen or whatever I was when Tebow was played I hated him yeah absolutely hated him but you respected what the hell he did right yeah and, and you you look at all the things that that he did and it's crazy to think that he was better as he got older but he still won the Heisman when he was a sophomore yes and. He absolutely could have, should have won it in 2009 um, and been a duplicate. But, like, it's really hard. No one wants to allow you to be a uh, a duplicate Heisman Trophy winner. And you go back and uh, look at the numbers. He was he was fifth in 2009. That's, that's insane. Well, it, it's like, you know, 2008, 2000, all those things. Like, he was so good as a player. Um, that it makes it difficult to reaward, and I think the other thing for Caleb Williams is that 
you know, Glenn in the chat says, I really hope that he has an O-line next year that can give him the protection. I think that is the big thing because you said that you think SC will be better next year. I think that we can sit here and say that because it'll be year two under Lincoln Riley and they overperform this year. And this is going to be sort of the dichotomy that we talk about all offseason is like the duality of, on one hand, they are ahead of schedule. On the other hand, they have to figure out how to put together an offensive line that will be as good as the one that they had. And even still, the offensive line was a limiting factor at some points because you still had Caleb Williams being forced to evade the pocket as much as he did. But they're going to have to replace Andrew Voorhees. They're going to have to replace Brett Nealon. Um, if, if Justin Dietrich doesn't come back, they're going to have to replace him. Like all these guys on that offensive line, they have to replace, like figure out an offensive line that can be just as good. And so, yeah, Jordan Addison leaving, I think is going to be hurtful to, to Caleb Williams, but he's going to have Max Williams for another year. Mario he's, Williams. He, yeah, Mario Williams. He's going to have all those guys uh, in the receiving core. So I'm not overly worried about that side of it. But, the offensive line is where I, I worry about Caleb Williams and the team might be better as a whole, but I don't know that the offensive line will be. And yes, yeah. he's going to have to to prove that because that could be a, you know, a, a factor that prevents Caleb from performing at an optimum level, or we just see him running for his life even more. And he dazzles even more credibly. Who knows? Well, but, but that's why I say the team will be better. I mean, like the the gap between the offense and defense, I expect to close. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know that USC is going to have the number one offense in the country next year um, because the offensive line is going to be a big question mark going in. Uh, but I also don't think I'm going to give Lincoln Riley and, and Josh Henson enough credit to say that uh, that they the scheme is set up for these guys to succeed. Um, and and they have obviously done some you know good evaluating and and will have their opportunities in the transfer portal mm-hmm. to fill in some of those gaps. Um, and it's not like they didn't deal with a lot of injury issues this year. They did. That's one right. of the underrating underrated storylines of this season is USC played most of the season without an answer at left tackle. I mean Mason Murphy did what he could, but the dude was thrown in there uh, when you wouldn't have wanted him wanted him thrown in there. And those could be valuable reps for him down the line, but like USC did deal with um, injury issues at a position that they really couldn't spare injury issues at, mm-hmm. and they did, and they did okay. Um, to to me, it's about the defense making up for those little wrinkles that you're going to experience uh, yeah. on on the, with the offensive line having to shuffle through, and I think Caleb Williams makes up for some of the offensive line maybe being a little bit less uh, less reliable, although. He does need the run game to be capable. He does need the run game to. I'm not. I'm not worried about the run game though. Well, but and that's so. I, who, think, the, who, I think the scheme will take up for the run game, which is why I'm not worried that much about the offensive line, if I'm honest, because I think the scheme is set up for the run game to be successful on most occasions. Yeah, you have a quarterback that's set up to make the deficiencies of a of an offensive line in pass pro disappear to a point Mm -hmm. to me the real question and we saw this in the Pac-12 title game is Caleb Williams staying healthy if your offensive line is less then Caleb will have to do more which means Caleb might have to be put in situations where he's more at risk to suffer an injury and that is ultimately 
the number one thing that can uh, can derail a, a second Heisman situation. So there are factors that you absolutely need to uh, account for. But to me, like the, the the fact that I expect the defense to get better can help counter some of those question marks that you might go into next season with on offense, especially when you have a quarterback like Caleb Williams who, you know, I, I think is special enough to to keep things afloat at the very least. Like, yeah. I don't think USC is going to go from being a 41-point offense to a sub-40-point offense if we're talking, like, scoring averages. Yeah. Like, well, if their step back is down to a 40-point offense, then you're still doing rather fine. Well, well, the other thing you talk about, the defense getting better, and I think the way that you can say that confidently is because the the defense, you know, just got considerably worse as the season went on mm-hmm. With, between injuries and just between all those things facing the word the, the yeah. most powerful offenses they were going to face and also just sort of like losing their minds at a certain point yeah and 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 you know that they're in the hundreds and in a lot of statistics so they just sort of have to get better we talked about that a year ago then um and when it comes up this past year yeah, they were marginally better in in certain areas defensively, but they still need to take more steps forward, um, and they should. They 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 should just take a step forward because th- they can't possibly be you know continue to be this bad yeah. kind of thing. So, um, yeah, and and it's going to be a you know contract year for not a contract year, but uh, I, I don't year. know what Alex Grinch's contract situation is, but yeah, uh, certainly a a do or die position for him as far as his job's concerned, probably. Um, but and and we'll see we'll see how everything comes to be uh, for for SC next year and how it affects Caleb Williams' um, campaign to be the second two-time winner. Of course, Archie Griffin uh, won a couple times for Ohio State, uh, and as as we all know, in 1975, he uh, never should have won that second Heisman Trophy uh, because I will once again pull up the numbers that in 1975. I, I I get frustrated every time I see these voting, voting numbers. It's insane to me. Ricky Bell led the country. He had 500 more rushing yards than anybody else. 500 more. Uh, he had 13 touchdowns. Archie Griffin had four. 13 to four. Um, and uh, he finished third in the Heisman Trophy race. Uh, Chuck Muncie at Cal. Uh, should have been picked over Archie Griffin. He averaged a full yard per carry more than Archie Griffin and had nine more touchdowns than Archie Griffin. Yeah, so Archie Griffin's double win is the only reason USC doesn't have nine Heisman winners right it's, now. The, the only thing that, that is good about Archie Griffin winning twice, though, everyone realized how ridiculous it was to the point that now nobody wants to vote for somebody twice. Yeah. And so, like, I, which is almost better, but not quite. Because even still, like, there's certainly some guys who would deserve to win it twice. Um, albeit that's more of a common problem now, because uh, you know, up until uh, Tim Tebow won it in, in 2007, there hadn't been an underclassman, and yeah. up until Menzel won it in 2012, there hadn't been a freshman. So, um, you know, a lot more guys who have the chance of winning it twice now. Uh, than before uh, let's talk about the transfer portal um oh what one last thing uh which semi-related to the transfer portal 
Caleb Williams winning the Heisman and being able to come back. We talked about it last year that guys like Jordan Addison wanted to come to SC and play with Caleb Williams. And guys like Mario Williams wanted to come along because of Lincoln Riley, but also because Caleb Williams was coming too. Isn't it even better, like a better sell for SC on the offensive side of the ball that not only can you come with the play with Caleb Williams, but you come with and play with the Heisman Trophy winner? Like that is a hell of a sell uh, in the transfer portal if you're going to go after the elite talent guys. Like that's what I thought could possibly win someone like Treshawn Holden. Uh, the the former uh, Narbonne Gaucho turns uh, Alabama uh, wide receiver who is now transferred to Oregon. But nonetheless, there's going to be other talented uh, players out there. So Yeah, well, okay, and, and also, I mean, when you look at the transfers that USC brings in, I think it'll be telling who, who comes and who doesn't. Because, Could help on the O-line. When you because, look at, uh, like, Caleb Williams likes to bring his offensive lineman to, to the, the, get a to free trip to New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think anyone who looks at it, if USC wants them and they are on offense, then it's going to take a really good reason to not come to USC to, to keep them from yeah. having the motivation to come to, U, for, to USC. The thing that I want to caution people about is that transfers are not just about the things that fans think they are about. Um, you know, there's there's USC fans screaming, like, why isn't USC uh, outbidding all of these guys for recruits or whatever? And it's like... Money is not as much as people want to make everything about NIL. That's actually not the primary thing that, that recruits are looking at because this is their life. This is their day to day. The people that they're around, the city that they're in, the closest to their family, the educational opportunities that they have, majors that are available, um, relationship with 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 just the human beings on the staff. Uh, all of that kind of stuff plays a role. Um, but also one of the things that we've seen from USC on offense in the transfer portal is that they're very discerning and the guys that they brought in for the most part were also extremely strong leaders, people who fit into the team, people who fit into the roster very well. Um, I mean, extremely well to the point where like Travis Dye is going to go down as one of like the great Trojans of the era, even though he's, he played, you know, nine games at USC after four years at Oregon um, you know, sort of the, those kinds of guys that that's the guys that they're looking for. And, um, I trust that this staff will continue to be discerning on that front because the worst thing you could do is bring in transfers that are disruptive to your, your sort of team chemistry. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's another thing that I think people, you know, don't look at and consider when it when it looks at like why is a team looking at this guy and not this guy or why is a team taking this guy or not this guy um from the team side of it too that has to play a role as well so yeah i, I don't know that i i like the word disruptive there but i get i get what you're saying yeah. i i know i don't know a better word you know what i mean uh you're, you're looking for fits you're looking for fit you're looking for guys who um you know are able to uh fit your needs uh, but also fit the culture and and fit your ability and fit your nil stuff like all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I I talked about this off air with you. Can we just rename nil? It's a can, bad acronym. Can, it, yeah, it's like it. it <laughs> I don't know of a better analogy to say. 
So I'm not going to give an analogy, but like, it's like the NIL thing is like the, that's what, why don't we just say like, um, uh, endorsements. Can we just use the word endorsements instead of NIL? Because NIL is like such a technical term and it's like a, you know, it's the whole thing that it. We just call it nil. Nil. Sure. No works. Anyways, transfer portal. SC has added two new Trojans via the transfer portal. Uh, Alicia, the, the big conversation, one of the big talking points all season was USC's special teams. And part of that was because it was, you know, the offense, you couldn't really nitpick the offense much. So you had to nitpick something and you nitpicked special teams. Well, SC has gone out and gotten a new punter. It is Eddie Zaplicki from Arizona State's. All Pac-12 first teamer Eddie Zaplicki, who's eighth nationally with uh, 45.98 yards per punt. Uh, this is a big get, is it not? Yes, and this is also in the age of the transfer portal how USC should approach special teams from now on. Um, look in the transfer portal, find the best punter and kicker that are available if you need a punter and kicker, and go for it. And I think that this is uh, this is a, a huge step for USC to have the sort of punting situation not be uh, an issue. Also, just another one of those things where it's like you don't need to waste your time on a special teams coordinator if you can convince the number the the number one punter in the Pac-12 to come play at your school. Like that's the, to me that's way more important uh, of of a, of a thing to approach a special teams with. So this is a huge upgrade for USC at a position that uh, they had an opportunity to upgrade and they got it done. And that this is a defensive transfer portal addition to me because field position was uh, an issue for USC this year. Yeah. Uh, and this is a situation where the field position can potentially be on USC's side more often uh, by having a punter of uh, Zaplicki's caliber. So good on, good on USC. That's how you do it. Plus, Zipliki is such a like awesome name. It's, it's fun a, to say. It's a great name. I am struggling with, every time I've tried to say it out loud. I've I've uh, Zipliki. It's not Zipliki. 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 Silent C. Zipliki. Yes. Yeah. It's great. Uh, yeah. Exactly. This is exactly what you what you do uh, with with the transfer portal. When there are guys, I've talked about it before that guys go into the transfer portal for for multiple reasons usually because they're over-recruited or under-recruited. Either way, uh, under-recruited, guys like uh, Taj Washington, who goes to Memphis and then realizes, oh, shoot, I'm really good. Yeah. I could be somewhere else. Uh, that's an under-recruited guy. You get guys who are probably over-recruited. Um, think, uh, consider someone like, um, uh, let's say, Connor Murphy, someone at, at SC who went to SC for – uh, who was, you know, billed as a as a high end prospect, doesn't pan out for whatever whatever reason it is, and needs, uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a new start. Uh, those are guys who were maybe over recruited. Mm -hmm. um, the new transfer rule has kind of opened up the other possibility, which is the 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 grad transfer rule opened up the old guy looking for a championship run. Thing, which you know you see in you see in pro sports like uh you, you know your your Raymond Bork 
uh, kind of thing going from the from the Bruins to the Abs and winning a Stanley Cup in his in the second year over there, like that kind of thing when he's like in his forties. Um, that opened up, you know, a, a decade ago when you saw guys like Russell Wilson go from NC State to Wisconsin. Now you are seeing guys who can just flat out move because they have the talent to, you know, reassess things. And that's Caleb Williams. That's Jordan Addison. Um, and Eddie Zaplecki to me is sort of in that camp of like, he is maximizing his potential. Uh, and I think that these are going to be the, the probably the, the smallest amount of guys in the transfer portal are the ones just maximizing their, uh, their, their value. But those are the ones that have the most value, and you yeah. abso- absolutely have to go out and find those guys when they're in there. And SC doing that, I think, is is a, a great pull. So uh, good on the Trojans for getting a Zipliki. Uh Presumably, this means the end of uh, Aiden Fleep Dalton as USC's uh, starting punter. Mm-hmm. Um, I the dude was a freshman. Uh, I I got. I don't think he was he was you know terrible by any sorts. I think he was it, fine. I think he he's wasn't move on and find a place that, that works for him. Presumably. Yeah, he wasn't the worst thing going on on special teams, but he certainly no. wasn't a weapon for USC on special teams. No, and and it was and... unfair to him that he was probably the the lightning rod. Yeah, right. Like, well, I think there were just one too many kicks that that you know were like thirty yards that you needed to go forty five and yeah. uh, and you know, one too many kicks that set up the opposing team around the 50 yard line when you really would have liked to flip the field a little bit. And I think that's what Zaplicki gives you the opportunity to do that Aiden Sleep Dalton was not capable of doing. And he might be capable of that down the line in his career. Like you said, young guy, he'll find his way. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, the other big pull that SC gets is outside linebacker Jamil Muhammad from Georgia State, right? Yeah, Georgia State, he had 44 tackles, five tackles for loss, 1.5 sacks, eight QB hurries, a pass breakup, and a forced fumble. Um, According to 247 Sports, he had offers from Arkansas, Indiana, Ole Miss, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, James Madison, Minnesota, Cal, Arkansas State, Troy, and West Virginia. So a lot of Power 5 programs up in there. Um, You just look at the dude. He looks like a a grown man. to me, any linebacker who wants to come and play at USC, bring them in. Uh, you need uh, you need a lot more depth at that rush end position. You need a lot more depth at uh, at, at the inside linebacker positions and everywhere in between. So, um, a lot of really positive reviews from from the sort of people in the know about this guy. I think Gerard Martinez from Twenty Four Seven Sports is pretty high on him. So happy to have him. Like I said, all the linebackers, yes, please. I, I love how you went from two four seven sports to twenty four seven sports. It's like caramel like, and caramel. Like it's just depends yes, on but, what it is in the Stensons. So okay, obviously we we love all our friends over at uscfootball.com. but the the two four seven thing cracks me up because it's like nobody says two four seven unless you work for two four seven. Well, like except Marriott. for me right now, I don't it's work like for two four seven. Nobody says I'm going to stay at a Marriott unless you've worked for Marriott. It's Marriott. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, just cut the charade. Just call cut it Marriott. We all know it's Marriott. <laughs> Who says charade? <laughs> I do. Charade. Cut the charade. Have you ever listened to pigs? Yeah. It's charade, baby. Yeah, but th- that's that's the way they say it in, in that 
charade is i the, say charade you okay? don't say you don't say we're gonna go play charades i say charade oh, i say charade if uh mm, uh roger waters can say charade <laughs> then i'll say charade yeah yeah uh, Roger Waters can uh, sit and spin, but that's another story for a different day. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we talked about J- Jamil Muhammad, and, or I talked about guys who were under recruited. Uh, he might be one of the, he might fit in that category. You hope that he's sort of the defensive Taj Washington, right? Like someone who, yeah. uh, you know, went to a school wearing blue and white in a major city, Memphis, Atlanta. Uh, very similar, named after a cat, Tigers, Panthers. There you go. It really, the comparison just could not get better. Um, yeah, 44 tackles, five tackles for loss, a sack and a half. Uh, we'll see how everything comes to be for him, where he fits in uh, with the Trojans. And when we get to spring and uh, and, and so on. Um, other transfer portal notes. Uh, former USC receiver, uh, USC legend, by the way, Jake Smith, <laughs> yeah. uh, is uh, going to ASU. Yeah, he's from Arizona, so he's heading back to ASU. Good for him. Hope he uh, finds his place there. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Arizona defensive lineman uh, Kion Bars is visiting USC on Tuesday. Uh, also visiting LSU in Miami. 39 tackles this past year, four and a half tackles for loss in 2022. Uh, will look like an absolute fit for SC on the defensive line when SC needs guys there. I don't know the status of Tui Pelotu going forward. You don't know that uh, you would assume that Brandon Peely has been here since the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Uh, does he still have uh, eligibility? I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Um, but like SC needs bodies up there. Yeah. Uh, like I said, with the linebackers, USC also, it applies to the defensive linemen, all the defensive linemen, all of them, every single one. Yes, yes, please. There's room. Come on in. Uh, Kyan Barr is also, you know, he's one of those guys who played for, a, you know, not a good Arizona defense, but the last two years he's been sort of one of the highlights of that defense. And uh, he would step right in to potentially, I mean, I would assume a starting job right away and uh, could be a huge, huge pickup for USC. But, I mean, this is the this is the thing about the transfer portal, right? When you're going up against teams like LSU and Miami that also want him, that's number one, shows you that uh, this kid's legit and he would strengthen USC, but also you, you have no guarantees of, uh, of picking him up, especially because I was you know reading about him. He's got family on his mom's side at LSU. He's got family on his dad's side around Miami, um, not at those schools specifically, but like the region, Louisiana and, and around the Florida area. So USC is uh, going to have to impress him when he comes for, for that visit on Tuesday. Uh, and, but if USC gets him, that'll be a huge, huge pickup and one of several needed uh, on the defensive line. Yeah, um, we'll see how uh, bars comes to be. I uh, like to keep the, the bars open. Um, I'm not going to make bars. <laughs> you already did. You no. already made the joke, Michael. All right, uh, another uh, guy that SC is in the mix for is Coastal Carolina edge rusher Josiah Stewart. He's named SC, LSU, and Michigan as finalists. He was second team all Sun Belts this past season, 36 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, three and a half sacks. Yeah, uh, this is another guy who just sort of has the look of being better than um, 
than you know coastal carolina where he where he's been um to be in a in a finalist group with teams like lsu and michigan tells you that major power five programs are looking at him uh he has been prolific uh at uh, at coastal carolina in 2021 as a freshman he had 15.5 tackles for loss Ooh. he was named a third team all-american not freshman all-american third team all-american by uh, i believe it was phil Steele. Um, they moved him to a sort of, uh, uh, I think they, it was one of those where they have the weird names for the the backer, bandit backer or B backer or whatever one of those positions that each each school has different terminology you, for. You know what I hate about those? It could mean anything. Like it could mean the edge rushing guy. It could mean like the roving hybrid dude that's almost like a safety. Like it could mean anything. Like it. Again, yeah. cut the charade, guys. <laughs> so he was uh, he was playing as a defensive end, uh, more of his hand in the dirt and stuff uh, as a as a freshman. They moved him to that B backer or backer, whatever whatever hybrid position. His uh, his uh, pr- productivity went down, but I don't think his impact went down. Uh, he is another one of those huge potential gets for USC. The interesting thing on Josiah Stewart, though, is that. Theoretically, if we're looking at it, we assume that he and Jamil Muhammad would be recruited for the same position. Um, that sort of rush end USC's own sort of hybrid backer position. So will that scare off Josiah uh, Stewart? I, I don't know. I hope not. Because as I said, all the linebackers, please. I think there's plenty of room to get both of those guys playing time and a lot of it uh, the, the, in in 2023, and they're they're potentially uh, game changers, especially with the uh, USC wanting to keep up their sack uh, sort of statistics. And these guys uh, can get after it at the line of scrimmage. This guy's finalists are LSU, Michigan, and SC. Yeah. Uh, someone whose finalists are LSU, Michigan, and SC is has the belief in himself that he's going to win the job no matter what. Yes, so I wouldn't think that. Uh, Muhammad would kind of scare him off in yeah. that sense. So, but one of one of those schools is not like the other in the sense of one of those schools. Well, I guess Michigan is a far cry well, from Carolina as well. Michigan but... wears white pants on <laughs> at, on the road now. I guess. Yeah. Uh, how much does he want to come to the West Coast? Is uh, is I guess what my question would be. Cardinal purple blue. But these are also you know we talked about Alex Grinch next year being a show me year. If Alex Grinch wants to legitimately be seen as the the viable defensive coordinator for USC. These are the kind of players that he needs to add in the recruiting in, 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 in the transfer portal, because these are the kind of guys that are going to help get USC's defense up over that hump. Speaking of show me year, if we talked about how terrible Miss Missouri is for being the show me state, it's lame, right? <laughs> it's lame. Absolutely I, I can lame. say I've never had that conversation with, it's, uh, it's, with folks. It's, it's a lame, uh, it's a lame name. Uh, anyways, uh, USC leads the AP All-American team with selections. Yes, there's more Trojans on the first team all a- All-American AP team uh, than any other school. Look at that. SC uh, gets Caleb Williams at quarterback, uh, Andrew Voorhees at guard, and Tuli Tuipolotu at defensive end. Uh, Brett Nealon and Makai Blackman were third-team selection. Good on Blackman for getting a pick somewhere, like recognition. He needed, like, I, I feel like he was the most under, 
un- under um, talked about Trojan all season. Like the the dude was was very good at, at corner. I think you, you can make the argument he's you know I, well I don't think this is an argument. I think it's a fact. He's SC's second best defensive player this year besides Tule. And and Tule gets the recognition because he got the sack. So the yeah the, pr- the production makes it easy for to to see his his contributions where it's a little bit more difficult to, for, for Blackman to get the, the recognition. Um, and yeah, good, good for him. Uh, I was skimming through the, the, the AP all American team. Uh, Michael Mayer is the, the first team tight ends from Notre Dame. So SC played, played him. Um, and once again, they, they screwed up with, with Dalton Kincaid third teamer, Dalton Kincaid. What I I, I, I don't I wa- think I don't understand. No, third team third team is I think fair when you consider that how because Michael Mayer was the first team and Brock Bowers was the second team. No, are I you gonna that. put Dalton Kincaid over either one of those? Yes, no, I'm, I'm gonna not. put Dalton Kincaid over Michael Mayer's. I'm sorry, I'm I'm not. I, I I mean no, I think Dalton Kincaid is a hell of a tight end. I think he had a great the, year. Two things, two, two award things will forever upset. <laughs> One, Dalton Kincaid not being a Mackey finalist, and two, Christian McCaffrey not winning the Heisman Trophy. Christian McCaffrey not winning the Heisman Trophy. I know I go on this rant all the time, and people are probably tired of me doing it, but like insane that he didn't win the Heisman. But, uh, anyways, I, I, I think Dalton Kincaid just. We've talked about Dalton Kincaid too much of this time. I just think he's one of those guys that had the unfortunate timing of being a tight end at the same time that Michael Mayer and, uh, and, and, Brock Bowers were who came into production. the season, but he came. But this is this is the nature of these things. He came into the season as not the guy who that's was the household two. name. Yeah. No one knew who he was no, before that's, that's he took fair. over for for uh, for Brent Keithy. And I think if Brent Keithy, if you had given Keithy Kincaid's numbers and production in his season, Keithy might be the first teamer because people knew his name before the season started. Like sure. it's the nature of of awards. That's uh, it's unfortunate. Like if you're Dalton Kincaid, like this is gonna like this is why you know certain guys just get screwed every year, especially if they're not at the bigger schools. Not name recognition is part of it. Sure. No, I, 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 I get that. Also, also, I don't think there's shame in being like a third team All American. No, there's. I mean, we're we're splitting hairs for sure. Anyways, yeah. the point is, SC gets three three guys needed, added to. Uh, the wall, Caleb Williams, Andrew Voorhees, you already knew because they had selections from last week. Thule was inevitable that he was going to be named yeah. uh, first team uh, All-American in something this week when when the big five start to come out. So uh, good on him for having that. And uh, we'll see going forward how that helps with things like recruiting, what happens with, with Thule's ability to his uh, eligibility. Does he come back? I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out. More on that. Um, hopefully, for SC's sake, he he does come back. Uh, and that then, would be. That I mean, it would be huge for USC. You want to you want to talk about things that would be game changers for USC. Tuli uh, Tupelo coming back inexplicably for the 2023 season, and Jordan Addison coming back inexplicably for the 2023 season. Uh, things I'm not banking on. Things that you know. Again, decisions are made around a lot of different factors. And, like, if you told me that either of those guys were going to return, I would say, well, yeah, I could see the argument for uh, for coming back to play another season with Caleb Williams. But also, inexplicable that either one of those would, would come back. Uh, the NFL the NFL is definitely calling. Um, 
but big ups to uh to, to all of those guys for getting uh getting that vote if we're talking about the ap all american is now out ap is an official selector so i think we're well on our way to caleb williams and Tula Tupelo to being consensus All-Americans. Yeah. I think we're well on our way to Caleb Williams being the a unanimous All-American. I think Tula Tupelo might also be on his way to it's, unanimous All-American. Uh, remind us of the difference between consensus and unanimous again. Okay, so consensus is – unanimous is every selector so picks it's, you. It's all the big five. And consensus is three, three of the five three pick the you. Five. Yeah. So – I think that uh, I think that Thule is pretty set on being consensus. I think there's a very real possibility he could be unanimous. Um, Caleb, I think the only thing that stands between Caleb and uh, and um, uh, unanimous is just one of those random like someone decides to put Max Duggan. Um, uh, Malcolm in the chat, just for the record, consensus and unanimous are based on the five. So official selectors not just having a number of all americans it's based on the five f- officials so the ap the FW- fwaa the um uh sporting news uh yeah. the uh what, what else, else am i missing um, uh the coaches the coaches and uh walter camp i think walter camp yeah, yeah the- so those teams aren't uh oh did walter camp already put theirs out i i I can't remember the oh. the well. the thing that that is confusing in the SC media guide um, is that yeah the consensus and unanimous are there but um, the SC counts more than just those big five so uh, if you look at it in the media guide you see guys who have like oh he's a first teamer on eleven different teams or whatever yeah then it makes it seem like it's more than the big five that. That count for unanimous uh, consensus. But for the record, uh, Malcolm is correct. The Walter Camp did put theirs out last week, apparently, and I missed it. And uh, Thule and Caleb are first teamers. Voorhees is second teamers, second team. So he's now, I think, got a little bit more of a an uphill climb to get that consensus. But he's, uh, but I think Malcolm's right. Then Thule is already consensus. Um, Caleb is already consensus. Like I said, the yeah. the real question is. Does one of those uh, the sporting news or something like that just uh, throw throw a wrench in the whole thing and uh, and not go with unanimous? But yeah, so these are things that like nerds like me care about. <laughs> talking about uh, Tuli and and Jordan Addison coming back. Uh, first of all, Jordan Addison never in a million years is going to come back. Um, uh, I, I would be absolutely dumbfounded. Um, I, I just looked up a couple of really quick and dirty uh, mock drafts, just Googling. Uh, Rob Rang has him, I think, 16th. Uh, and Walter Football, I uh, always love Walter Football because they're so great at SEO. They're always the top mock mm-hmm. draft in every single search. Um, as Jordan Addison, 21st. Um, truly not on Rob Rang's list, but um, he is on Walter Football as 30th to the Bills. So, yeah, uh, so may, maybe that means yeah, if he's getting first round buzz, uh, that would that would probably mean that he's not coming back. But we'll see. We'll we'll see how things progress going forward. So, all right, uh, that's gonna wrap up all the news that we got. Uh, if you're watching us here on YouTube, be sure to chuck your questions into the chat, and we'll uh, we'll be able to get into a little bit of a mailbag segment. 
Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today. Use the code Rain of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app with the code Rain of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hey, Hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Um, Let's start with uh, Eric, who says, do you feel that Caleb's win will start an era of USC dominance similar to when Carson won and Pete Carroll's teams were at the top of college football? Um, I think that Lincoln Riley's arrival is what does that. Um, Caleb Williams is part of that. But Mm -hmm. Caleb Williams is only at USC because Lincoln Riley is there. And what what sparked the dominance for USC that Carson sort of sparked was just it coincided with Pete Carroll taking over and Pete Carroll building teams. So um, I think that if you're sort of going to draw a parallel, uh, sort of uh, correlation is not causation there necessarily. But having a Heisman winning quarterback certainly helps you in recruiting, certainly helps legitimize your program as a national contender. And I think that uh, that, that could certainly be a parallel to draw. It, uh, it still goes back to me, to the head coach and the program that he builds. Yeah, I, I, it's, that's the hope. That's the absolutely the hope. Um, we can sit here and say that the offensive line needs a lot of changes. But if there's anyone who's excelled from transfers, it's Lincoln Riley. So, and if there's anyone who's built great offensive lines, uh, it's Lincoln Riley and and his staff. He did it with Bill Badenbow over at, at Oklahoma. He's doing it now with with Henson, and we're going to see how that you know continues to go forward. But everything about Lincoln Riley's run at Oklahoma was plug and play for the following year. And so that makes you think that this can be sustainable, uh, especially, you know, in a, in a, in a PAC 12, a a conference that maybe doesn't have a lot of national championship contenders. Having said that the PAC 12 is absolutely peaking and um, you know, going into next season, I am fascinated to see what the the media poll is going to be like. Um, I think FC will probably win the media poll just because, of you know 
LA bias that, that is always there. Um, and SC tends to, SC has any reason to vote for them, they're going to win the media poll. And, and that's just how the Pac 12 media poll goes. But SC has a chance to win the Pac 12 next year. Oregon, uh, presumably, looks like they're going to bring back Bo Nix. Uh, Michael Penix is back over at Washington. Um, Oregon State, if they ever find a quarterback, uh, is a quarterback away from winning the conference, presumably. Um, Utah, there's no reason not to not to expect Utah to be right up there as well. They've absolutely earned the benefit of the doubt. We um, presume even if even when they lose guys now, right? It's pre- not just that this oh, is yeah. a golden generation, which was sort of the first time they went there. I thought that well, now they're going to have to go rebuild. But when they've when they've made the uh, the conference title game uh, four times in four times in a row in in full seasons and won it two times in a row, you have to expect that they're going to be there. I mean, we presume that Cam Rising is what's his situation? Is he coming back? I, I I don't know his situation. So I believe he has eligibility left. Well, I think everybody does junior. because of the, the extra COVID year. So like, it makes it confusing for all of this, right? Yeah, I don't. I mean, he could leave for the NFL. Um, there might be an argument for him to leave for the NFL, I, depending on. I, I don't, don't know. Is the quarterback NFL guy? I don't. Well, I, I don't know. A, I think he's him. a great college quarterback. Yes, he feels to me like a great college quarterback. Um, but I also don't. I never. I don't know. Transit transitioning to the NFL also just sort of you know takes some of a some of landing in the right spot too. Uh, but. I don't know. Like, do you do you go in this quarterback so, class? Do you go in? Do you wait till next year when? I guess he was technically a junior this year. Yeah, so, so he does have room. He's yeah, a, he does have another year. So, I mean, and that's part of part of the thing with with Utah is uh, if they get rising back, then yeah, they should be up there in the in the Pac-12 um, media poll sort of standings. Yeah. If they don't get rising back, then I have questions about who their next quarterback is going to be. But sure. they are also in an era where it's the easiest time ever for you to so plug and play to yeah. plug and play a quarterback right. so but but the, the the point to you know going back to you know sc sta- stance is that like i think sc has yes has the the foundation to rattle off a bunch of 10 win seasons um where the bad seasons uh are going to be the 10 and 2 ones and you're frustrated about how missed opportunities and the great seasons are the ones where they find a way to go 11 and 1 and 12 and 0. And I think that that I, absolutely, I think that's the, the position that SC is going to be in. Um, it's going to be hard next year because the Pac 12 is going to be harder and um, SC has, harder. To, has to go on the road to Austin Stadium. Um, uh, they, they get Utah at home. It's easier to play Utah at home than it is at Rice Eccles or I guess anywhere else now that include the Vegas game. Right. right? So, like, all these things, it, it's not going to be easy uh going to the to the big 10 is, is going to be so fascinating because what does that mean the, the I, i'm so curious what the big 10 w- when the schedule comes out and when they figure out what they're going to do with divisions or whatever is realized because is sc going into the big 10 west because if sc is going into the big 10 west then i think they have absolutely a chance of continuing this you know uh, uh, being in a position to win 10 games every yeah. year. Um, if they go and have to play Michigan and Ohio state every year, well, then it gets, you know, a, a little bit more difficult. Um, 
that's that's a challenge you absolutely take on but like you have to then you know factor that into your expectations right so like i don't know i i, I think the fc's in a position that you can feel good about them right now the best that you have in decades um, well decades meaning two when, and, th- and that's a good thing when you have lincoln riley you will have a quarterback yeah. you will have an offense yeah. The only question mark at this point is how good will uh, will the defense be? And that's a question that uh, if USC is serious enough about things, then they will make sure that that is not yeah. uh, as big of a question as, as it was this year. Yes. Um, I, I will say, though, the, the, the caveat is Lincoln Riley has shown that even with the defense like this, he can still win 10 or 11 games. I mean, he did it at Oklahoma every damn year. It's not like Oklahoma right. had a good, had a really outstanding defense. And, but yes. that's the difference between, you know, winning 10, winning 10, 11 games is acceptable to a point. Then you run sure. into the Mark Richt problem of. Right. But SC would kill to win 10 and 11 games right now at this point. Yes. Yeah. At this point. Yes. Uh, and you just need to put yourself in position where one year you have the quarterback who. Yeah. This is why I don't yeah. understand the the whole like, oh, Lincoln Riley, uh, he, he couldn't build a defense at, at Oklahoma. And like, you're going to get upset when he only wins 11 games yes. every year. Like, are you kidding? Like, S- Y'all have no idea. Did you see what SC fans were like in the hearts of, the, of BLR? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? We will take 10 and 11. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, anyways, um, Scott says over under Reggie gets uh, when Reggie gets his Heisman back. I don't even want to set a line for that because I, I, I don't know. Like it, it's so off the board, right? Like it could happen tomorrow. It could happen never, and I wouldn't be surprised at either. Am I am I out of line for saying that? Um, no, I think you're absolutely right because you're depending on the on the Heisman trust to do the right thing. Yeah. And they've never, it's, they haven't done the right thing. Yeah. They, they, like they let Johnny Manziel stand on that stage, but they won't let R- Reggie Bush. It's, it's, it's yeah. bullshit. Like it's, it's, it's hypocritical bullshit. And I, and I would not bar Johnny Manziel from standing on that stage, by the way, if you want to know my opinion, uh, the issue is just that Reggie is not allowed there. So, uh, and I'm, and I'm singling out Johnny Manziel because he is literally admitted to taking thousands of dollars yeah. for signing autographs while a student athlete. There, so, was, there was that story been, you know, going around TikTok or whatever about how he would take his receivers yeah. and throw a dartboard at the at a, at a wall and a map, and then he and his receivers would go hang out there for the weekend. Yeah, but, you know, take, his dime. take yeah. Reggie's Heisman away, why don't you? Um, so that's really dumb. The Heisman Trust is dumb. One day, I think they'll figure it out. I don't know when that is. As far as I'm concerned, USC should say screw you guys. And when they when they figure out how they're going to put up the number 13 jersey uh, at the Coliseum, they need to just bite the bullet and say we're going to factor in space for two because uh, the number five should also go back up. But well, the other yeah. thing is the the number five jersey. Yes, okay, he doesn't officially have his Heisman. Fine, whatever. That doesn't mean the SC doesn't can't retire. Like it's their own jurisdiction of whether or not they're going to retire his number. Yeah. Just retire the number. Yeah. Like who cares? We all know that it's basically retired anyway. So mm-hmm. um yeah, the, the other thing is we had seen comments and gotten questions about whether or not Caleb Williams was going to mention Reggie by name um in the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Chris Fowler said that uh th- this was the eighth Heisman Trophy. He did win. it twice. I love Yes. It. So Chris Fowler doing his little dig to to recognize yeah. uh Reggie Bush, but 
you know, Caleb you, did it right. Caleb's speech, I think he did it right. He acknowledged the Heisman winners who were there on the stage from USC, Matt Liner, yeah. Carson Palmer, and Mike Garrett, and he left it at that. Yeah, and you know, did, you know the. I, I know there are a lot of people that wanted him to. I, I I saw one comment at some point of someone saying that you know uh, I won't accept the Heisman unless you <laughs> unless you free Reggie. Like no. that was never going to happen. No, it's like, his night too. It's not Reggie's night. Yeah. It's his night. And but I think that this is what you do the second time around. Everyone, the second time around, you go up the second time around, then you can say like, then you can you know bring Reggie as your guest or something like, <laughs> like you can get weird with it. You don't want to get weird with it the first time, right? Yeah. Like the first time, you need to like go and like just win the thing. Like yeah, do 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 the thing the the you know simplest way. Um, Larry Pilgrim says, is, is Damani Jackson going to be healthy to start spring ball? I, I would, I was there, there's something about, was he getting an off season procedure? Did I miss that? Uh, I have not seen that. Cause he, he got time in, in the Utah game, in the championship game. Yeah. I would wager he'll, he'll be good to go for spring. But uh, like you said, if there's an off season procedure, a lot of times guys will, will end the season and then. Uh, get that stuff taken care of and then be yeah. limited in spring and then hopefully be full go for fall. So we'll have to see. That's a, We'll know more about that in about a month. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of pressure on Tackett Curtis to be the guy that, you know, anchors the turnaround for SC next year as, mm-hmm. a, as a true freshman coming in from Louisiana. The other thing is there's still Damani Jackson. Yeah. Um, who was a five-star top 10 recruit. Like, well, he's, he's still there. And his impact is, is yet to be seen. And He's going to get an opportunity, considering that Makai Blackman won't, won't be their corner. Yeah, losing Makai Blackman means that uh, Damani Jackson really needs to be able to step up and take over that role. Although Tony yeah. Grimes from from um, North Carolina, who is apparently in the transfer portal, just tweeted "fight on?" question mark question mark question mark question mark. Hmm. So maybe there's help coming for the uh, for the secondary uh, from hmm. the transfer portal, but we'll find out about that. We'll see. Uh, Malcolm says, I'm not as high on, on Thule as an NFL pro- prospect. Many, he's kind of a tweener. I yeah. I kind of agree with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree too. I, I also think there's whole, I I really like watching Thule and I like the how prolific he can be and dominant in certain games. But I think there's holes in this game where I think he can still be a little bit more real, well-rounded. And I think he would serve for, like be served well by another year. Um, but how do you turn down first, first round draft money? Like that's, you know, that's, but that's the cool thing about NIL though, is theoretically is in theory, if you're not in line for first round draft money, then staying and, and sort of building a legacy at school is suddenly a viable financial opportunity because you don't have to depend, but you, no one, and, and this is also, you know, not quite Pete Carroll's philosophy, but Pete Carroll's philosophy was always, if you're the number one player at your position, you should absolutely go. Um, I would say if you're, if you are getting a first round grade, then you should go because even if you fall in the second round, you're still in a really good spot. Uh, so if that's the grade that Thule is going to get from the NFL, then he should respond to that. But right. I agree with Malcolm. He looks like a tweener to me. And I have a hard time seeing where he would succeed, like where where his role in an NFL defense would be. And if the NFL comes back and sees the same thing and gives him like a, a second or third ground, a third round 
evaluation, then you know what? Think about it. Yeah, we'll 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 see what happens happens there. I do think that the idea that well, you don't need to go to the NFL draft because of NIL thing. Like I, I get why we can say that. It just gives you and, the option. Yes, is what I'm saying. I do think it's a little bit self-serving from the college football perspective to bank on that reality. Yes, like I, yeah, I don't think fair. that it's an actual reality because like I, I've seen you know the thought of well, what if Caleb Williams you know. He makes so much money from his whatever that he could just stay at SC and just like like that's that's not, that's not realistic. Like he he wants to go to the NFL. He'll go to the NFL as soon as he can because that makes him closer to winning to getting three hundred million dollars uh, when he his contract is up because like that's how that's how it works for a quarterback. Yeah, of his potential if he sees that potential, which already is going to be you know very difficult because. You can be as good of a quarterback as you are in college like Caleb Williams is, and that could mean nothing when you get to the NFL. Like mm-hmm. uh, It's still a crapshoot, um, and you got to be in the right system and all of that and be healthy and all those things. Uh, Dave says, did we get a straight answer about what happened to Cortland Ford this season? Um, no, not really. Um, it, it's, a, it's just a situation where he was uh, clearly not sort of right physically and um by the time i mean if he ever got right physically then mason murphy i guess had already proven himself or they were already back to bobby haskins or something like that all we know is just he you know he he wasn't getting playing time and um maybe we'll get a clue about that like if he enters the transfer portal then that sort of gives us a clue and if he doesn't that sort of gives us a different clue yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll see what, what comes of Cortland Ford. Uh, Eric says maybe a idea for a future show, but have you done any film study of how Lincoln and Garrett, Garrett being Garrett Riley, call offensive plays? I'm curious what the similarities and differences are. Uh, that would be interesting to to look at. It would have been even more fun to look at if USC and TCU were playing each other in the dang playoff. What, what if? What, what if alas SC, SC brought Garrett Garrett Riley in? That would be really fun, but why would Garrett Riley do that? <laughs> why why on earth would Garrett Riley uh okay. do that? Hold I on. will I'll, I'll say just on a quick uh, okay. just a quick pulling up their resumes, right? So Lincoln Riley is from the Mike Leach tree. He got started at Texas Tech with Mike Mike Leach, went through East Carolina to Oklahoma to USC. Um, Garrett Riley goes from East Carolina to Kansas, spends a few years at Kansas to App State to SMU to TCU. So uh, Garrett Riley is not necessarily of the same tree directly through uh, Mike Leach, who, by the way, uh, everyone's uh, thoughts and prayers are with the coach. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're... So sort of philosophy is in that well the interesting thing is garrett riley did not come with lincoln riley to oklahoma yeah um when they were at east carolina together a lot of guys went from east carolina to oklahoma with lincoln riley like he brought he brought dudes with them um garrett riley was not one of them and i'm sort of curious what that uh what that ended up being because he goes back to being an like an offensive analyst with, with Kansas the next year. So 
I don't know. I, I don't know what the situation is there. Um, but here, you you want my harebrained idea? You ready for this? Hmm. When Lincoln is ready to go to the next level, that's when you bring in Garrett Riley for a year, and you just make him the uh, you make him the next guy. You make him your successor. I mean. And then, and then suddenly, <laughs> then Lincoln Riley is like, "Yes, I will coach the Bengals." Hairbrained, meaningless. That's pretty hairbrained. No, I, 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 yeah. I get it. I get. It. I'm just trying to see, like, because there's, no, yeah, there's no other reason for Garrett Riley to go to, to go to SC because he's not going to call plays at SC over, over, over Lincoln. And um, in the only reason to go to ever <laughs> go to SC is if there was just a bunch of money in it and that, and that's it. But if you're Garrett Riley, you want to be that guy because you want to position yourself to get a head coaching job of yourself, right? Um, and he's doing that. Uh, at this rate, he's absolutely going to, you know, be one of those top guys to to get interviews and, and all that. So, yeah. Um, Ram Murdy says, what do you think of the World Cup semifinals? They start tomorrow, uh, Croatia and Argentina, and then followed by France and Morocco. What do you got? Uh, rooting hard for Croatia and Morocco because that is a final that I would enjoy. Yes, I am rooting heavily against Argentina and France. No one needs to see either of them win. I'm sorry. I get that Messi's never won a World Cup. I don't need to see him win a World Cup. I don't. And as much as I love Mbappe, uh, and France is very fun to watch, they've had their time in the sun. I. Give me, give me Croatia. Give me Modric finishing off a, a, a career. Well, actually, no, he's going to continue. He'll be back when he's like he's going to play till he's fifty-seven. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, Croatia. I'm I'm all about the uh, the checkerboard for the next next couple of matches. I'm all about Morocco. I I think that they are uh, the story of the tournament. So let's see them keep it going. Absolutely. So. All right, uh, that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, talking about uh, Caleb Williams winning the Heisman, so much more. As always, you can follow us on social media. Alicia's on Twitter at Penguin of Troy. I'm on Twitter at MichaelCastFS. Uh, be sure to email us your sh- your thoughts on the show, randomtroy at fansided.com. Uh, and as always, like the stream here on YouTube if you're watching this live. Uh, and be sure to subscribe and we'll be back on Thursday, Thursday, Mondays and Thursdays, 5 p.m. Pacific uh, are the new times. The new uh, is the new schedule here as we get ready for bowl prep. Uh, we'll start talking about the Cotton Bowl a little bit more as we get closer. Uh, the Trojans will start to prepare for the Cotton Bowl as well. So uh, that and more transfer portal stuff and all of that here later this month as we go on with the holidays. Uh, until then, until Thursday, we will see you. See ya. See ya. See ya. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.